Good morning, good morning, good morning to everybody. Welcome to the Restoration of Grace. Half an hour. <laughs> Half an hour of hope with Baba Mario. Like us on the page and share, please. South Africa needs, desperately needs, the message of grace. But the real, the real message of grace. Okay. Sadly, I have to make a declaration this morning, given the fact, well, when I started, I started a series of, of uh, live transmissions, I did it mainly for my uh, congregation in Italy, let's put it this way. Um, there are thousands, really, literally thousands, th yesterday I did a video with a friend of mine and uh, uh, we got 11,500 views already. So. But uh, there are thousands and thousands of people that, uh, that uh, needed to be encouraged while coronavirus was dropping friends and relatives right, left and center in Italy. 35,000 dead. 35,000 dead. So I tried somehow to bring a smile. I tried uh, somehow to uh, bring a, a touch of hope. Uh, but mainly... I try to express my understanding, my faith, my my total um, my total dependency on grace, on the beautiful grace of God. So, as I've started these uh, these videos, because of that, because of Italy, Italy from today has basically unlocked all restrictions, and people are going back to work, and people are going back to to normal life, and. Uh, and so I felt that um, it was the time to, to go back to my usual uh, three videos per week that I used to do before this coronavirus thing hit. And also because uh, I feel in my heart that uh, um, I, I heard yesterday a phrase in my mind and when I do that I always go back to to the one who lives inside of me and you can do that, you can put thoughts in my mind and uh, I believe the Lord brought to my attention this phrase that uh, I googled it this morning was actually originally uttered by Oswald J. Smith and he said this, he said nobody has the right to listen to the gospel twice while there is still someone who has not listened to it even once. Nobody has the right to listen to the gospel twice while there's still someone who has not listened to it even once. And that really resonated with me. That really said something to me. To the fact that uh, um, I, don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to create, not so, much, not so much with you in South Africa, but in Italy, I don't want to create a culture of dependency on the, on the half hour uh, of uh, Babo Mario that comes uh, and pumps you up because uh, life has knocked you down and now uh, you need me to pump you up. No, you got the, the, the divine pump inside of you, inside your heart. You need to start believing. You need to start doing what you're supposed to be doing. Believe in the Word of God. The Word of God says Christ with one single offer has made you perfect sanctified you, washed you, forgiven you, 
sealed you with the Holy Spirit once and for all. You have the teacher of everything inside your heart. The Holy Ghost is inside of you. It's time for you to take a, take a sigh of relief. Sit back in your chair and say, I have arrived. I am in Christ once and for all. And from that position, then allow the Holy Ghost from the inside of you to begin to minister to your mind, to begin to minister to your habits, to begin to, uh, to, to minister to your attitudes, to begin to minister to your relations, to begin to minister to your way of life, to begin to minister to the way you see things. To, to begin to that perfection, that Christ inside of you. And look, I delight myself. I, I enjoy it so much. I love it. But I really, really honestly feel that I need to start uh, bringing messages more evangelistic, more directed at those who haven't heard the gospel even once. Or if they, or if they heard it, they heard it warped. And that's the reason why they want nothing to do with our God. I tell you one thing: the difference between religion and and, and the gospel—it's like uh, it's like the difference between a plate of spaghetti made by my wife and eating the cart the, the, the box. Religion religion is like eating the box of pasta, the box, and and and, and, and grace is like eating this beautiful, smelly, uh, fantastic, divine, sublime. Uh, plate of, of spaghetti with uh, the way that mama makes it. Hallelujah. So, this is my decision. I'm sorry if you don't agree with me. I had a bunch of people from when, I, when I spoke to the Italians go, no, no. Italians are very passionate. So, no, please, what are we going to do without you? What are you going to do without me? I tell you what you're going to do without me. You're going to read the Bible. You're going to listen to the Spirit of God and especially you're going to share that which you already have. Let me read you a scripture. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. And verse 12. Listen to this. This is uh, the, 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 the author of the letter to the Hebrews speaking to a bunch of, believe it or not, Hebrews. Um, that were hesitating between the cross and the temple, between Christ and Moses, between uh, grace and law, between uh, um, uh, going forward in grace or going backwards to the law. They were, they were being persecuted tremendously so that they were really, really, they were really um, uh, hesitating in, in taking the final step into this. And so, uh, uh, the writer to the, to, the, to the letter says this, verse 12, he says, uh, uh, Though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. And I don't want this. I, I, don't, I don't want this, really. I, I, want, I want you to be able to... to Process the milk that you've been given for years and years and years and years and years and to begin to process it into food that you can start feeding others. I, I, I believe that, I believe that uh, there's a time when you need to stop learning. <laughs> Sorry, but I really do. I really do. This morning I was listening to a major preacher, one of the big boys. 
And he was talking about five things that you need to have in order to have full ministry in your life. And one is salvation, and one is uh, deliverance, and one is uh, healing, and one is uh, uh, the, the, the healing of the mind, and the other one is uh, the, the healing of the heart, and the this and the that, and the this and the that. And I'm going, no, 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 no. What you need is to believe that that stuff has already happened inside of you, and allow the Holy Ghost to work it out in your life. Don't go back again to I must do this and I must do that and I better need some and I better have someone with the deliverance ministry of deliverance and I need to I need the guru that lays his hands on me so that I can be healed. Please, what did Jesus die on the cross for if you still got to do all the stuff? I honestly believe that the cross worked. Would you? Would you? Believe it with me, please. The cross worked. Hebrews 10, 14. He has made you perfect. Perfect. That you don't need to better perfection. Please. Yeah, but Mario, I still got problems with, with this and that. And yes, of course you have. Because you still think that you have to address the problem. Instead of thinking that you must feed your faith. The faith that says... Christ in me is the hope of glory. Christ in me is all I need. All I need is to believe that I have been delivered. I have been healed. I have been fixed. My mind needs to be renewed. But it has been. I have the mind of Christ. And there are some things that you need to sit down, put your foot down and say, for glory to Jesus, I have received once and for all. And religionism will keep on telling you, no, you need to do something else. You need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this. You need to buy this book, you need to listen to this video, you need to do this and you need to do that. No, you, need, you know what you need to do? You need to believe. You need to believe that Christ is alive in you. That His Holy Ghost is ministering to your heart. That your heart is perfect. That your spirit is perfect, pure, sanctified, washed by the Word of God. Washed by the blood of Jesus once and for all. That's what you need to do. You need to believe. And from that faith, from that belief, everything will start popping out. Everything. Everything will start popping out. Your attitude will start changing. Your way of thinking will start. Depression will go. Why? Because you suddenly have the certainty of your position with God. You don't have to gain it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to deserve it. You have it. You are a child of God. Forever forgiven. Forever saved. Forever pardoned. Forever in the hand of the Father that will never let you go. Okay. Anyway. So nobody has the right to listen to the gospel twice while there is still someone who has not listened to it even once. So my new videos will be more evangelistic. I will, I will try and post some videos in English also. Um, I will. I will try and do it and especially post them on YouTube. And, and there's, a, there's really a need for, for something more of a, more of a practical understanding things like uh, things like why my marriage is going down the toilet things why my my teenage son uh, is, is rebelling against me I heard someone say once that uh, uh, teenagers are God's revenge on humankind because uh, uh, he says uh, I want to see someone 
Uh, I want to see how they uh, react to someone who's been created in their image who denies their existence. <laughs> yeah, and then he says, he says, I, I, I've read the Bible from cover to cover, and I never, I never found out uh, how old was the devil when he rejected God's authority. But he says, if I have to guess, he must have been about 15, 16. <laughs> anyway, so there you are. So, okay. Um, we have, uh, we, I'm, I'm, I'm concluding today um, a series on, on, uh, on, my, on my book, on my new book, uh, entitled The Constitution of the Believer, which I have written in Italian and will, God, God willing, will be available shortly in English. I will make it available for you. But uh, basically, the idea of this constitution is 23 articles that I've written, basic articles that I've written, on the true Christian creed that transcend any form of traditional religionism and that can help us filter everything that seems biblical and scriptural in, the, in, in messages and sermons and books that we read and sermons that we hear and stuff that we hear. Through the lenses of God's love and grace, you need to wear... You need to wear the lenses of God's love and grace. Otherwise, when you read this book, all you end up with is a book of laws, of do's and don'ts. And, and you don't understand the, the beauty and the, the, the power of Christ in me, the hope of glory. God in me. I don't have to go looking for Him in a church. I don't have to go. There's nothing wrong with going to church. Don't get me wrong. But I don't have to go looking for Him anyway. He's in here. I can go. I can go to the garden and I can talk to God. I can go to the to the bedroom. I can go to the bathroom and talk to God. I can go. Yeah, I can. I got saved. I actually got saved in the bathroom. I told God, I don't even know if you exist in my bathroom, and He saved me almost 40 years ago. Almost 40 years ago, my friend. I tell you something. If that kind of understanding doesn't work, then here you're looking at a total fake for 40 years. Because I was on the verge of suicide. And I said, in my bathroom, I spoke to a God I didn't know. And I told him, I don't even know if you exist. Let alone I believe in what you've done. And I said very egoistically and very self-centeredly, I said, but if you exist, help me. And you know what he did? He did not because he needed me to do something or to produce something. He just needed me to accept what he had done once and for all in Christ. And he had done it for me. He had done it for you. He has done it for everyone who will believe and will receive the gift. Okay, let me go on. So, this book, uh, Article 8, okay? Article 8 says this, The life we believe we receive at the moment of salvation is the life of Jesus Christ and is eternal. The life that we believe we receive at the moment of salvation is the life of Jesus Christ and it is eternal. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Oh. When thinking about eternal life most Christians think of something that is received at the moment of salvation. Something that starts when we accept Christ and that never ends. But it is not so. With Adam's sin, the human mind has lost the ability to understand such concepts as infinite or eternal. If I say something, if I say the word infinite to you, your brain cannot comprehend 
that concept. It's got to contain it within some kind of frame, some kind of borders, infinite and eternal, are beyond the reach of our brains. We, we cannot understand that. Um, in, in, in order to somehow understand the meaning of these two concepts, which are easy to use in a normal dis discussion. We talk about, oh, the infinite, the universe is infinite and, uh, and eternal this and eternal that. But you don't comprehend it. You, can, you cannot. Your brain, my brain, cannot comprehend, cannot, because it needs to contain the concept, the idea, within some parameters of logic and reason. So, in order to, to understand that, one should have the faculty to think without any limit. See beyond the edge of the visible, the visible and enclose what has no end. And this is simply not possible. This is why even what has neither beginning nor end, like eternity, needs to be contained in order to be understood. Thus, it is declared that eternal life begins when we accept Christ's sacrifice, when we receive salvation. But it doesn't. No. <laughs> no, it's not. Eternal doesn't have a beginning, doesn't have an end. The, the, the symbol for it, of eternity is an eight placed on its side, a line that continues to turn around and around, back and forth, up and down, without ever having a beginning, let alone having an end. Eternal life has no end, okay? But it doesn't have a beginning either. And it is certainly difficult to understand, but it is pure and simple truth. Because eternity cannot begin. Because if eternity had a beginning, then would, what would, would you have before the beginning of eternity? Nothing. Eternity has to span everything. From beginning to end, to 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 beginning to end. Okay, now, so, if eternal life has neither beginning nor end, who is the only being who can possess, possess this kind of life? God, right? That's not much it. The only one who has a life without beginning or without end is God. Now, let's see for a moment, who is the person who according to what the right, to, according to what scripture declares, is the only one to have this type of life. Let's read Hebrews chapter 7, verses 1 and 3. 7, verses 1 and 3. Uh, okay. Thus Melchizedek, king of Salem, Salem, peace, okay, Salem from, from where you, you get to your Hebrew word Shalom. King of Shalom, King of Salem, King of Priests, King of Jerusalem, King of Righteousness, Priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated King of Righteousness, and then also King of Salem, meaning King of Peace. So, King of Righteousness and King of Peace. Think about this, King of Righteousness and King of Peace. Without Father without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning or days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest eternally. Now watch. Adam was created immortal, not eternal. Immortal. That's why God said, if you do this, you will die. 
you will cease. Something in you will come to an end. Adam at a had a beginning and Adam at an end. However, when, when God breathed His Spirit, His breath into Adam, He became a living soul. He became an eternal soul. Why? Because of the breath of God. The breath of God inside the Spirit of man makes man eternal. But the man is not eternal. Adam was not eternal, was only immortal. Now listen to this, please. The life of this person, the, the, the Son of God, Melchizedek, the, the epiphany, the, the first appearance of Jesus Christ on the earth, remains a priest eternally, continually. Why? Why? He doesn't have a father, doesn't have a mother. Why? Because the Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world, and the Lamb, before time began, in other, He was slain in eternity, so therefore His life covers eternity. And his life has no beginning, no end, no father, no mother, no, uh, no genealogy. No anything that starts it and anything that ends it. But it is like the Son of God, a priest forever. Okay? Now, Melchizedek, this wonderful, powerful shadow of our Savior, Savior Jesus Christ, represents the high priest who presents himself to God with the blood of the atoning sacrifice, and with it he obtains the redemption for the people of God. Now listen, Yom Kippur, once a year, the high priest would go into the presence of God with the blood of a goat, of, of, the, of the scapegoat, alright? So he would go with the blood of the scapegoat and he would present the, this, this blood, who would then cover the sin of Israel for one year. Which meant basically that for that year the sin was covered, not taken away, but covered. And it, it only reminded Israel that they had to do it again and again and again and again. And that's the mentality of, sadly, the mentality of today's religion, of today's religiosity of some of the church that says that you have to forgive, to have your sin forgiven again and again and again. In other words, yes, your sins are forgiven, but if you commit them again, you have to ask God to forgive it again and again and again and again. And the Bible says, uh, listen, Hebrews 7, uh, Hebrews 9, Hebrews 9, 11, 12, listen to what it says. Christ came as a high priest of the good things to come, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is not of this creation. In other words, He didn't go into the tabernacle of Moses, He went into the tabernacle of God, right into the heavens. Not with the blood of goats and calves, not with the blood that the high priest would take behind, behind the veil into the most holy place. Uh, he entered the most holy place, but with his own blood, with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Eternal redemption. The blood of Jesus has obtained eternal redemption. In other words, you cannot lose it. How difficult is that to understand? If it's eternal, you cannot lose it. Because if you lose it, anything that you can lose has an end. And anything that has an end is not eternal. Hence, when Scripture declares that anyone who believes in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, receives eternal life, what he's actually talking about is the life of Jesus Christ. Yes, Jesus Christ is the only one who possesses eternal life. And here's the simple reason why we cannot lose our salvation. Because in order to lose our salvation, we should be able to lose brackets. 
Jesus will die again, are saved. And this, I hope we all know, is impossible. Hebrews 7, 21, 25. Hebrews 7, 21, 25. For they have become priests without an oath, but he with an oath, by him who said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Now listen, by so much more, Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant. Also, there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. Hello, guess what? You die, you cannot continue being a priest. In the, I mean, not very different. Uh, they were prevented by death from continuing. But He, Jesus Christ, because He continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Listen. Therefore, He is also able to say to the uttermost, those who come to God through Him, since He always lives to make intercession for them. He always lives. Because He lives... Because he lives, because he lives, I can live. Because he lives, I live. It's not difficult. I don't live my life. I live the life of Christ. That Christ lives. That's the only eternal life that I can live. Because he lives, he makes intercession for me. I live forever. Amen. Now think of the folly of the loss of salvation doctrine. To be saved means to receive eternal life. Eternal life is the life of Christ. And that's why Paul says in Galatians 2.20 Galatians 2.20 That's why Paul says Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. It is no longer I who live. It, I have been crucified. It is no longer I who live. The life that I live is not mine anymore. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. This is the key of eternal life. It's Jesus' life in you. You cannot lose it. You cannot lose it because you cannot, because it's eternal. And if it's eternal, it doesn't end. Hence, you can't lose it. Now, not only that, but if I could lose my salvation, hence eternal life, this life would no longer be eternal, but it would be temporary. Everything that can be lost cannot be, by definition, cannot be eternal. So, let me just rewrite John 3.16 in the light of this stupid, this folly, moronic doctrine. Of you can lose your salvation. John 3.16 then should be rewritten like this. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son so that everyone who believes in Him may have a temporary life linked to His way of behaving. If He behaves well, He will not perish. But if He behaves badly, unfortunately, yes, He will. Can you see? Can you see the idiocy of such a stupid I thank God that my Heavenly Father has never heard of this demented sacrilegious and religious doctrine but who gives us His life once and for all eternal life
Amen. So therefore, Article 8 of the Constitution declares that if the message that is preached, the instructions that are imparted, or the doctrines that are taught, state that life, that the life that the believer receives at the time of salvation can be interrupted or lost in any way, that message, instruction, or doctrine is wrong and is unconstitutional. So my friend, praise God, God never heard of that stupid doctrine. If you're saved, you're saved for eternity because you have received eternal life and eternal life only belongs to God, only belongs to Christ. So you have the life of Christ and for you to save it, hence save your salvation, Jesus would have to die. Or as the, the, the letter to the Hebrews puts it, as a, as a warning to the Hebrews, is that you would crucify the, the Lord again. And that you cannot do. Because the cross happened once for all time. Amen. So Abba, Daddy God, thank you so much for my friends. I pray, my God, for each and every one of them. I thank you that your life is eternal. I thank you that you didn't give me a sub order of life. You didn't give me a second hand type of uh, uh, life. You, you didn't give me an inferior quality of life. No, you gave me your life. Your life. Your life. And that's why I cannot lose it. Because your life is in my heart forever and ever and ever. I mean, bless my friends. Give them Everything they desire, everything they need, I pray in the name of Jesus. Thank you, me, your favorite son, ask you, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. I will not see you tomorrow. I will not see you live for a while. I will be, uh, God willing, I will still be doing videos and placing them on Facebook and YouTube. Be blessed. I love you. A big hug for Baba Mario. Amen.